An American draft law offering Taiwan free weaponry and other military aid worth 10 billion U.S. dollars for the next five years has been passed by the U.S. House of Representatives. The 2023 National Defense Authorization Act, or NDAA, is expected to clear the Senate next week before President Joe Biden signs it into law. Eli Ratner, a U.S. Department of Defense official, says the U.S.'s goal is to ensure that it'll never be easy or cost-free for China to quickly seize Taiwan. The U.S. House of Representatives has been deliberating the 2023 National Defense Authorization Act, or NDAA. The bill, which grants Taiwan 10 billion US dollars in grants for military aid over the next five years, eventually cleared the House with 350 votes in favour and 80 votes against. HR 7776 is laser focused on preparing our military to counter threats from China and other adversaries. And it reaffirms our support to allies in the region, especially Taiwan. Representative Mike Rogers, a Republican and ranking member of the Armed Services Committee, gave his strong support to strengthening Taiwan's security in a speech before the vote. The content of the bill includes authorizing the U.S. State Department to offer up to two billion U.S. dollars in annual grants in the next five years, with an overall price tag of ten billion U.S. dollars. There's an additional two billion U.S. dollars in loans offered to Taiwan to buy foreign weaponry. The bill also authorizes the U.S. president to create a regional contingency stockpile that grants Taiwan priority in obtaining extra defense items from the U.S. if needed. The bill also requires American government agencies to prioritize and expedite processing of weaponry purchase requests from Taiwan. It even calls for Taiwan's participation in the US-led Rim of the Pacific exercise, the world's largest international maritime warfare exercise. A US defense official said he does not think China will recklessly invade Taiwan in 2027, but the US should still send a clear signal to Beijing. Uh, and the report makes clear that uh, Xi Jinping and the PLA are trying to develop capabilities whereby uh, it would potentially um, make it easier for them in a way to uh, seize the island of Taiwan or to use military aggression. I think uh, our goal is to ensure that that is never easy for them to do rapidly or cost-free. Previous reports from foreign media outlets said the U.S. was continually providing Ukraine with a large amount of military aid to fight Russia, and this was causing delays in weaponry deliveries to Taiwan to worsen. The U.S. Deputy Defense Secretary rejected the reports. U.S. support in Ukraine is in no way negatively affecting our ability to provide, uh, fulfill FMS cases, uh, foreign military sales cases, or otherwise support Taiwan. The National Defense Authorization Act for the fiscal year 2023 is expected to be voted on by the Senate next week. If it passes, the bill will be sent on to the White House and signed into law by President Joe Biden. The Council of Agriculture says it is considering getting the World Trade Organization involved after China suspended seafood imports from more than 100 Taiwanese companies. Earlier this year, China changed its customs rules with a requirement that all companies needed to register their products before they were granted permission to export to China. The council says 
Taiwan was given a considerable shorter timeline to adapt to changes, and that so far only one seafood company has been able to obtain permission. It says it may file an appeal with the WTO on the grounds that China's new registration system is in fact an administrative trade barrier. Earlier this year, China introduced new rules for its imports, requiring all food exporters to register their products with the Chinese government. Since then, more than 100 Taiwanese seafood companies and fishing firms have sent their required documents to China. But according to the official webpage of China's General Administration of Customs, only one company has been granted permission so far. That has put Taiwan's seafood exports to China on halt. They put tougher regulations in place for us. They wanted us to submit the necessary documentation before the end of August. For other countries, the deadline was June 30th, 2023. I think this can be considered an administrative trade barrier by the WTO. According to the Council of Agriculture, the products affected by the measures are worth about 6.5 billion NT. Squid products alone account for more than 3 billion NT of the total. Other products affected include four-finger thread fins, skipjack tuna and Pacific sori. To be honest, we rely on China. Domestic consumption can only take you so far. We hope that the Food and Drug Administration under the Ministry of Health and Welfare will be able to inquire about this registration process with China's General Administration of Customs and ask about which documents are needed. We will also launch all necessary response measures. There'll be different approaches for squid, Pacific sari and four-finger thread fin. To a certain extent, this is an administrative trade barrier. We may consider making an appeal with the WTO. Taiwan says it might file an appeal with the WTO over the disparity in regulations. Over on the official website of China's General Administration of Customs, Taiwanese exporters who had licenses valid to operate until next year or the year after are now listed as suspended. Business leaders say they fear the impact this will have on their finances. We will communicate more closely with China but we may not get a response. It's often this way with China. It bans you from bringing things in without a prior warning, agreement or buffer period. It just does it like that. Amid China's continued targeting of Taiwanese seafood products, the Council of Agriculture is getting ready to launch emergency response measures. Officials say the specifics will be announced once they are finalized. The suspension of some seafood exports to China has created a real headache for fishers all over Taiwan. Especially hard hit is Pingdong, which produces more than 11,000 tons of four-finger threadfin each year, accounting for up to 80% of Taiwan's output. Farmers say their fish are almost mature, adding that, with cost totaling more than 1 million NT for each pint, not selling them is not an option. Pingdong County Commissioner Pan Mo-an's response measures will soon be launched. This is a reminder for farmers that it's not the first time the government has to deal with these kinds of problems. Let's hear from some of the people involved. We'll see whether the government can do anything about this. Otherwise, producers like us will be out of work. We filled in all the forms and documents as instructed, and we made it on the approved list. I don't know why we succeeded.
We have long had response measures in place, so we need to be self-reliant. Besides checking for what we can do within the county, we also need to look at response measures for storing facilities, cold chain logistics and processing. There is no need to panic. Pangdong Commissioner Pan told fish farmers to stay calm, saying that the government was ready with response measures. Over in Tainan, the fishing industry has been affected too, but on a smaller scale. The local government is helping with overnight drying to extend the shelf life of four-finger threadfin to minimize the impact of China's temporary bans. A few months ago, new power party lawmakers exposed a massive data leak. And now it's been confirmed that the data included that of Vice President Lai Qingde and the head of National Security Bureau Chen Mingtong and other national security officials. The incident happened in October when a hacker claimed to have collected over 23 million data entries from Taiwan's officials' household registry registration system to sell online. The lawmakers are calling on the government to address cybersecurity problems and identify the source of the leaks. A large image of the nation's flag on a foreign online forum. With it was a message from a hacker peddling personal data on Taiwanese people at a rate of 5,000 US dollars for 23.57 million data entries. It was tantamount to a leak of personal data belonging to the entirety of Taiwan's population. In the past few days, anonymous white hat hackers contacted the media again. They said the leak had affected household registration data relating to Vice President Lai Qingde, National Security Council Secretary General Wellington Ku, and others. It's confirmed to have a high degree of authenticity. The sweeping personal data breaches did not only involve Vice President Lai Qingde and National Security Bureau Director General Chen Mingtong, but also National Security Council Secretary General Wellington Ku and other top security officials. There were roughly 23 million items of personal information, including people's registered home addresses, ID numbers and marital status, revealing security problems in Taiwan's household registration system. This really does sound like an invasion of privacy. Information security should be further strengthened because now there are so many scams, so we need to be vigilant from the beginning. I think this is more about being aware about what you put out in the first place. Actually, everyone else is talking about government controls, but I don't think we can't control what gets put out on the internet. With the leakage of this private data, members of the public say they will be more vigilant. The new power party lawmakers say that even though the proverbial horse has bolted from the stable and it's too late to shut the door, the government needs to find out how the leak came about. What's the first thing the government has done? It just shirked responsibility. Which government agency was responsible? At what point was the data leaked so that even the household registration data of such important national figures was affected? Lawmakers say that frequent data breaches could expose personal information that could be used for illicit activities. Formosa Television has won three awards at the 2022 Asian Television Awards in Singapore. FTV's Hall of Descent bagged a trophy each for Best Single News Story and Best Current Affairs Program. And our very own anchor, Celia Chen, won the award for Best News Presenter. Formosa TV, Taiwan. 
FTV scored three trophies at the 2022 Asian Television Awards. The first was for Best Single News Story or Report Lasting 10 Minutes or Less, which went to the story A Lesson from the Sea, featured in the FTV program Hall of Descent. The award was picked up by reporter Xu Jingming. The story discusses the recent eruption of a volcano in the Pacific Ocean, which sent a large amount of pumice floating to Taiwan. The event had left an unusual landscape of coastlines covered in stone, while wreaking havoc in the fishing industry. The in-depth report won over the panel of judges. Thank you for Monster TV uh, supporting our quality program. Uh, thank you everyone. Thank you. For Monster News, for Monster Television Company. FTV's second award of the night, Best News Presenter or Anchor, went to Celia Chan of Formosa News, FTV's English-language news program. Chan thanked the judges and her team, saying that it was an enormous honor to receive the distinction. My team and I promise to continue to work hard and to provide the most accurate and best news in and about Taiwan to the world. And lastly, and most importantly, thank you God. And thank you all. We will continue striving to produce the best news we can for everyone and let Taiwan's news shine. FTV's English news program has been running for 17 years, almost 18 years now, and I hope that can continue. FTV program Hall of Descent Sugarcoated Lies picked up FTV's third and final award for Best Current Affairs Program. Through its investigative journalism, the program has brought to light online shopping fraud schemes and dating app scams. During the pandemic, the program also became a voice for disadvantaged groups in society. Uh, this is very important validation of FTV News. It also validates our long commitment to uh, journalism. Thank you to the judges for choosing us as the best of the year. And thank you to Madame Dorothy, uh, who is chairperson of FTV, always support our quality journalism. Winning three awards in a row at this year's ceremony breaks our previous record for FTV News. But I must still say being nominated is an honour in itself. This is the result of many accumulated efforts from our colleagues. I would like to thank the upper management for providing such a broad space for FTV News to express itself. Thank you. FTV Vice President Hu Wanling led a delegation to the awards ceremony, the first held by the Asian Television Awards since the end of the pandemic. With six nominations and three awards, FTV shone bright once again on the international stage, showing the world the high-quality journalism that Taiwan can produce. Let's now take a look at a natural phenomenon you've probably never seen before. A newspaper delivery person in Hualien recently encountered a rainbow with no color. She was delivering paper near Wuhe Plateau when she was astonished to see a ghostly white bow form in the sky. Let's look at how and where these white rainbows can occur. White mist hangs over a tea plantation. The water vapour reflecting sunlight has formed an amazing rainbow, all white. It cuts across the horizon, bridging green fields and blue sky. The witness was passing by this tea farm on Wuhe Plateau in Raysway Township. When she was stopped in her tracks by this rare sight, she immediately took her phone out. 
A white rainbow is a really rare sight. I've been delivering newspapers for 35 years, and this is the second time I've seen one. It's such good luck. A white rainbow is also known as a fog bowl. It's an optical effect, literally a rainbow made of fog instead of rain. The strange phenomenon also appears on low rolling hills or plateaus. But why doesn't it have any colours? The answer lies in the size of the water droplets in fog. The reason that fog bows occur is that the water droplets, which the light is bouncing off, are smaller. They are drops of water produced by fog or mist, so they don't have the seven colours of the rainbow. The head of the Hualien weather station explains that in order to see a fog bowl, the sun needs to be directly behind you. You also need to be very low to the ground or even below the level of the ground. Then this ethereal white bow might be within reach. Next week is said to be a chilly one as northeasterly winds blow in cold air. Lows could sink to 14 degrees in the north and east and as low as 12 degrees in open spaces. Let's hear from the Central Weather Bureau. The winds may pick up more strength after Wednesday, sending temperatures falling. After Wednesday, northern Taiwan may see temperatures of about 15 degrees and even nearing 14 degrees. In the early morning and in open spaces that experience radiative cooling, lows could sink to between 12 and 14 degrees. Though Friday was cold and wet in the north, southern Taiwan had clear skies and warm weather. The CWB says that could change in the future, as a tropical disturbance near the Philippines could bring in rain clouds in the next few days.